Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. ESPN app or smart speaker. Download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. Mike Tannenbaum is back with us. Mike T. Todd McShay. We have in 10 minutes his first mock draft of the season. Something tells me he's here. Have like five quarterbacks in the first round. It's, isn't it amazing? It's like, this is not the year for quarterbacks, and there's no good quarterbacks, but somehow it's based on need, right? N- 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 what is it? Uh, n- necessity is the mother of invention. Am I getting that right? But yeah, right. Necessity is the mother of invention. So people squint, and they start to see, wait, maybe that's a quarterback. And, and that, that brings us to the question here, Mike. Should the Giants draft a quarterback? Yes, yes, and yes. They need to scour to, for somebody to compete with Daniel Jones. They absolutely cannot exercise his fifth-year option. If Daniel Jones is somehow the starting quarterback of the Giants next year, they could always franchise him. But he hasn't been productive nor durable enough. I mean, sometimes people from Duke just aren't durable. I mean, what can I tell you? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots fired. But, but listen, before we get to Todd's <laughs> mock draft, I want you to listen to Chris Canty. And uh, on Barton Hahn, you know, on what the Giants have under center. Damn, Mike. <laughs> they have to tear it down, start from scratch, and they've got to identify some foundational pieces and try to build around that. Daniel Jones is not a foundational piece, health notwithstanding. Mm. Saquon Barkley, not a foundational piece. We've got to accept that as Giants fans. Wow. wow. I, I want Saquon Barkley on my team. I want him. Pop Warner, I want him in a high school, college pro. He's a great player. He's a great teammate. I want Saquon Barkley. I understand Chris's frustration with Daniel Jones. That's why I'm looking at Deshaun Watson, assuming off-field issues are clarified. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at Russell Wilson. I'm looking at a couple guys in draft, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. Uh, Potentially Derek Carr. Absolutely. I'm scouring J-Will because Daniel Jones just can't be handed the keys and say, hey, you're our franchise quarterback. But – I don't want you don't necessarily just want to give up on him either. I actually think there was a lot of weapons around him this year. I thought he was going to play better, and durability obviously is now a big question. The, 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 the fact that you said that you thought there were a lot of weapons around him, much like me, uh, Mike. There are there's no quarterback in this year's draft that's worthy of a first round pick that the Giants would have. And then when you look at a second or third round selection to push Daniel Jones, you're only setting the clock back. What I would do is I would probably move on from him if we made a decision that he can't be our guy moving forward based on a number of things, his play, his money that's due to him, if we option him, all those sort of things. And now what I'm going to do with a couple of those first round picks is I'm going to look to see if there's something out there, because I know I got some talent and I got some pieces in play, much like you mentioned, is there a Derek Carr? Is there a Deshaun Watson? Is there a disgruntled Russell Wilson? Is there a convincing of Aaron Rodgers because he lost in the divisional round and he's not happy in Green Bay? Is there some convincing that I can do to get a veteran guy in to help my younger team move in the direction in which we can because there's a person in this division or maybe even two people in this division at the quarterback spot 
that are young and pretty good. One is Dak Prescott. The other potentially is Jalen Hurts. So we got to address our situation because if not, we can be 10 years behind everybody if we don't get this right. Now, Mike, if you have two ones, are you willing, from a GM perspective, how much are you willing to give up? For the likes of a Derek Carr or a Russell Wilson. For Russell Wilson, I'm giving up the Brooklyn Bridge, the two ones, the rights to my. I really, I, I wouldn't get off the phone. Like when I could get Brett Favre, like you can't overpay a great quarterback. I mean, look at the throws that Aaron Rodgers made the other day, or Russell Wilson. Like you're in every game when you have one of those players. So if if it's an extra one, like who cares? Like if we're a good franchise, we should be able to go find a starting tackle or another corner. But if you have Russell Wilson and Key, I, I, I'm glad you see it the same way from a offensive skill standpoint, you plug Russell Wilson into this team, they're competing next year because Kadarius Tony's going to get better. Hopefully Saquon's healthy. Galladay, maybe you overpay him, but he's still a, a decent player. Shepard, Ingram. So to me, if it takes two ones and, a, and, and James Bradbury and I can get Russell Wilson, I'm doing it because I'm stabilizing the franchise. I want to get back to something you said about bringing in a quarterback to compete. Because the danger in, in, in reaching for a quarterback is since there's a need, you squint and see what you want to see, right? But what you're talking about, Mike, is not necessarily that this guy is better than Daniel Jones. It's that he can compete with Daniel Jones, either making Daniel Jones better or now you have something better than you had. <clears throat> Take a sip of water. Is, is there anyone in this draft you see and you go, I, I should bring him in because it's not going to be that expensive or – I'm going to bring him in because I think he's better than Daniel Jones. Yeah, so it's a couple of things. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, to me, from Pitt, is maybe the one guy that could come in and compete right away because he can make plays with his feet. He played very well in the ACC championship game against uh, Wake this year, uh, last weekend. He got a lot better under Mark Whipple, who moved on from Pitt. He's now the OC at Nebraska. So he's somewhat intriguing. But I would also rule out bringing in a veteran. Go get a Jimmy G. Go get a Jameis Winston. And draft somebody. Like, throw all the resources necessary. That goes back to Jay Will's question. Like, I would throw as many resources that I had to and give myself as much flexibility. I think Carolina made a massive mistake when they exercised the option with Sam Darnold. That's why it's a no-brainer not to do that with Daniel Jones. And then come next September 1st, the four of us could watch them play and let the best quarterback take the field for the Giants. Jimmy G is, an, is interesting. I thought of him, too. I wonder how much of his success is Kyle Shanahan and how much is him. Do you think he had he is independent of Shanahan, a good quarterback? I think he's a good NFL quarterback. Again, I think the word guys for us is like who's gonna come in and stabilize the mm-hmm. franchise because they do have some pieces. You know, Aziz Ojolari quietly is having a decent year. Dory Jackson, to me, he is a frontline corner. I don't know if he's elite, but there are some pieces there. Pass rushers corner. Andrew Thomas has played better this year. So to me, if it's Jimmy G, he may not be perfect, but again, I think where they are now, like they have to be good before they're great. I mean, right now there's just there's nothing stabilized over there, and you can kind of hear that in Chris Candy's voice. Mike, if you get a Russell Wilson, I mean, you're talking about plug and play. You're you're right there competing for the NFC East, and you're in the playoffs. Hundred like percent. You're in the, with the tools and the pieces they have. As long as Joe Judge continues to coach it correctly, you're in the playoffs. Mike, let me ask you this: as a, as a, a talent evaluator, general manager, scout, right? What's the big difference between Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo? Russell Wilson, to me, has like rare and historic lower body flexibility where he could just somehow key like he he is 
extremely durable because he has instincts and athleticism and he's built himself up. I think he has better processing where he knows where he wants to go with the ball. So I think he's just – his skill set to me is just a tick above or maybe two tick above Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. You know, it's I, I just when – I, when I look at players and quarterbacks and, and I'm, I'm listening to different people's opinions and stuff, I always take a back seat to certain things. I, I, and, and this is no slight to anybody here – but having played football and played the game and played with many quarterbacks and many different systems, I, I, it fascinates me when I hear somebody say that somebody else, they would rather have that particular quarterback, even though that quarterback had some success and won a Super Bowl on the backs of a defense versus a guy who took a team to a Super Bowl lost because they couldn't get over Bill Belichick in, in, in Flores. And it's, it's like Jimmy G – only wins in San Francisco and plays really, really well when he's healthy. And people like dump on him as if he's the third quarterback on the team. And it's just fascinating I hear to you. me. Key, I get, I, I, yeah. I agree with that largely, but yeah. put Russell Wilson on that San Francisco team that came up a little short, and I think they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I agree with what Key just said, but I, I would take the conversation slightly different too, which is, guys, just think about if Russell Wilson came to the New York Giants it changes everything, and most most importantly, the player narrative in the NFL. Players would then want to say, wow, I could play in the Big Apple with a star quarterback in his prime. And that aura of association, we had it with the Jets when Brett Favre came. We just saw it most recently in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. And imagine if you're the New York Giants now, all of a sudden, your whole franchise is about Russell Wilson. It changes everything. What does it take to get him? At least two ones. At least two ones. Then the only thing they need is a pass rusher, which they passed up on. They sent to the Dallas Cowboys. But, but, in the but form again, of Max, Carson. the cover's not bad. Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams. It's not perfect, but at least now you have foundation. Well, let's bring uh, Todd McShay into this conversation, who is uh, with us now here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. What's going on, Todd? How's it going today, fellas? What's up, Todd? So uh, it's it's going good. We got you here now. Your mock draft 1.0 is now available on ESPN.com. You do not have the Giants drafting a quarterback in this first mock draft. So do you believe Daniel Jones is better than the four quarterbacks that you have going in the first round? Yeah, at this point, I, I, I would say yes. But I'm with Mike Tannenbaum. We were just on Get Up talking about it, and I completely agree. I, I actually would have considered – drafting a quarterback last year if I was the Giants. Um, and, and seeing him not be, you know, they're, they're just not winning games. He's turning football over too much. There's a lot of inconsistency. I see the talent there. I see the mobility. I see the arm. I see the, you know, the accurate throws at times. But, but the, the up and down play, the turnovers, and then the trouble that he's had staying healthy and on the field, I just don't know that you want to – on the Giants, that you want to extend the contract and move on with him as your as the future of the organization. Now, is there a quarterback in this class talking about Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Matt Corral, Ole Miss, Malik Willis from Liberty, Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati? Those guys, I don't view any of them as top ten type of picks. So, I think in the Giants situation and a couple other teams that that have needs at the quarterback position, the Panthers that are picking at six, being another one. It may wind up being some of these, you know, high-end elite veterans that, that could be available. 
Meantime. And, and for the uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. And so if one of those guys become available, I'm willing to give up picks as it stands right now, picks five and seven is what we had in the mock draft for the Giants to go get one of those quarterbacks and, and bypass getting a, a really good defensive end, a really good linebacker, a really good offensive lineman with the, those two picks in the, in the top ten. Yeah, because they re- because Daniel Jones wasn't a top ten either. Only for the Giants was he top ten. They reached and therefore passed on Justin Herbert and therefore had a lot of holes and passed on Micah Parsons, which they now need. Right. Meantime, last year, I agree with you, Todd. I thought the Giants, because a guy who should have gone in the top ten, I thought, was Justin Fields, and he was sitting there for him. Are you saying – that they should have drafted Justin Fields last year? As I said at the time, I was ra- roundly mocked for saying that, but is that what you're saying now? I probably would have, I, just because of the importance of that position. And had Daniel Jones come back and had a great season, then you have a good problem on your hands. I'd much rather have two guys and be able to trade one of them and, and get something back for it than, than have a, a quarterback that's not staying healthy, not winning games, and turning the ball over too much. So... I, I, I would have gone quarterback a year ago and, and tried to let them compete this past year and, and see what you have in, in Justin Fields and, and make the decision you know, based off of what we know from Fields and, and how much he would have played this year with the injury that Daniel Jones has, has, um, has suffered and then, and then made a decision on those two quarterbacks. So the bottom line is they didn't. And now you're sitting there with two picks in the top ten, as it currently stands, two picks in the top seven in a year where a quarterback doesn't deserve to be taken from this 2022 class. So now you have to, if you're Dave Gettleman or whoever's making the decision at the time, you've got to legitimately uh, you know, put out feelers as to what it would take to bring in one of those elite quarterbacks, the veteran guys in the league, like I mentioned in Rodgers, uh, Watson, and, and Russell Wilson. Tom McShea, NFL draft guru, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, Todd, the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles, I guess they call that, what, I-95, the turnpike up there, uh, they all have multiple picks, uh, yet none of them are going to select a quarterback uh, in your mock draft, and we know the Jets don't need one. But why not pull the trigger if you're the Eagles when you got three first-round picks on one of these quarterbacks somewhere in the first round. Yeah, the Eagles are interesting because, again, you look at Jalen Hurts and the improvement he made this year, and, and you, you know, if you really study it, he did play significantly better this past season than, than we've seen before. But do you think that he's going to take you to the promised land? Is he the guy? That, that's where the evaluation has to start. You have to start internally and figure out, okay, what do we, what do we have in Jalen Hurts now and where do we think he can be in, in a year from now? And then evalu- you know, after that evaluation, you have to compare that to the, you know, the Kenny Pickett's and the Matt Corral's and the Malik Willis's of the world and say, are, do we feel that this guy, any of those guys, are going to be better than Jalen Hurts? I mean, it's quite simple. And I, I can't uh, – Kenny Pickett to me, yes, I, I think he can be better than Jalen Hurts. Matt Corral, I think he has a chance to be better than – uh, than Hurts as well. Malik Willis is a lot like Hurts, kind of mechanical as a quarterback in terms of passing inside the pocket, but can make a lot of special plays by creating with his feet and also is a, a really good athlete who can give you a lot in terms of the ground game. So that decision, in my opinion, if you're talking about with the Eagles, you know, right now they're, they're picking it at 10, 14, and 20. So you're talking about three picks in the top 20. So I, 
maybe if, if you're sitting at 10 and you really like one of these quarterbacks, yeah, you bring them in. But, again, I go back to these veterans. You have more draft capital than any organization in the league. And it's a year where you could have, a, a, a rare year where you could have three elite quarterbacks that come available for, for you know, varying different reasons. If I was the Eagles, I would spend what it takes to go get you know, uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, depending on his situation, I would I would spend this draft capital because let's face it, and, and I, I work on the draft year round, and I love evaluating players. But even in the first round, it's at best a sixty forty proposition, and history tells us it's more like fifty fifty when it comes to the quarterbacks. So I'd rather get a known commodity that is going to upgrade the rest of my organization and everything that we do and bring in leadership and, and a winning atmosphere than take a chance on one of these rookie quarterbacks. Mike, what, which way would you go? Would you draft a quarterback with the Eagles for one of their first rounders, or would you try to go scour the market? Yeah, I would try to draft one. I, I understand what Todd's saying, but if, like to me, Kenny Pickett's interesting, and we got a long way to go. We're sitting here in, in mid-December, and the draft's not for another four months, so... Jalen Hurst has done some really interesting things. He has gotten better. Um, I just don't know if he, as Todd said, can take you to a Super Bowl. You know, the the other question I have for Todd though is, you know, how about Zach Wilson? Like to me, Todd, watching him play, he has gotten worse. And if you're the New York Jets, you know, we we hear backs on his weekly giant update saying that they should have drafted Justin Herbert to compete with Daniel Jones. But if you're the Jets, Todd, would you consider taking a quarterback to compete with Zach Wilson? I mean, you, you can't rule out the possibility, right? But I just I feel like if you're the organization and you valued him that high, and I did as well, and I think he has a, a lot of great football ahead of him, you've got to get better around him. I mean, they have needs in the offensive line. They have needs at cornerback, a desperate need at corner. They have needs at, at safety, at linebacker, uh, edge defender. So – to me, they, they need to get better around him. They, they need to add another receiver as well. So, uh, to me, if you're evaluating him, first of all, we threw him out there with, with a supporting cast that doesn't stack up with most, most teams in the league. So he was over, you know, overwhelmed in terms of what he was going against with his arsenal. And then you've had the fact that he was a rookie, and we probably asked him to do – not probably. We asked him to do too much as a rookie coming in. And I don't think that they had the right plan, almost like the Patriots had with Mac Jones. I mean, so much of Mac Jones' success is how they brought along Mac Jones. It was so many outlet throws to the running backs. It was never putting him in a position where he was going to go out and, and, and there's a really good chance that he's going to make a, mis- a rookie mistake on third and 12 in those types of situations. They protected him, and as he developed and gained confidence, he got better, and they opened up the playbook a little bit more. You know, with Zach, it felt like they just threw him to the wolves right away. So I wouldn't move on. I would not draft a quarterback. I would try to continue to get better. I want to see three years with an improving supporting cast, and then after the third year, then I can make that decision. But I personally, if I was running the Jets, if I was Joe Douglas, I would say we've got to give Zach more time and a lot better supporting cast around him before we can make that ultimate decision. That is Todd McShay, ladies and gentlemen, on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Thank you, Todd, as always. You got it, guys. Have a good day. All right, Todd. All right, Todd. So, Mike, Todd's first quarterback is Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. What would you be doing if you're the Steelers right now? 
Well, Max, I'll be there on Sunday calling the game for ESPN Radio as the Steelers take on the Tennessee Titans. So I could give you a, a, a detailed report today and, and a, another one you know, next Monday. So Excellent. They should have moved on from Ben Roethlisberger two years ago because, he, you know, this Coach Parcells always had an expression, you know, you're put on this planet with only so many hits in your body, and Ben Roethlisberger is over. He doesn't want to get hit anymore. And <laughs> I just think when you look at this team – I know this is unpopular to say. I would give Dwayne Haskins a shot because we know that Mason Rudolph isn't good enough, and we don't know if Dwayne Haskins is or isn't. I'd love to ask Dwayne, what did you learn from your experience in Washington? Have you learned from your mistakes? Because he has a very high ceiling. He has a great arm. So if I'm them, I want to find out what I have in Haskins. I can't win the division, a playoff game with Roethlisberger. We have to honor Ben. He's an all-time great. But the foundation of this franchise is you have an all-time great coach in Mike Tomlin, now you got to go get him a young quarterback. Maybe it's Haskins, maybe it's not. And then I would try to get Kenny Pickett the way Todd McShay had it um, in his mock. But I would also try to sign a veteran, and that could be Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but they have to do a major upgrade at that position. And the one variable that you don't know about today is Dwayne Haskins. And one of your responsibilities running a franchise is to know what you have at that position because right now with Ben in his current state and the way that offensive line is playing – they are not going to be able to get to where they want to go. Thank you, as always, Mike T. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mm-hmm. Mike. How one offseason trade finally paid off. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Tori Holt. We have right now on the line, he's with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Thanks, Tori, for joining the show. Great to have you. Absolutely. What's up, big game? Thanks for having me on. What up, Keith? Man, just the same old, same old. You know, working, working and watching football and enjoying football and taking a look at the Rams last night and enjoying that and working with Jay Will and Max and. Oh, you know, I, every now and then I got to take a drink of water working with them too, but I'm all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a stiff drink of water. Right. Well, you, you, you're still killing it, dog. So keep doing it. I appreciate that. Tori, no appreciate it. Tori, what do you think of that, that big Rams win over Arizona last night? Fantastic win. Um, you know, when you, when you look at this football team the last couple of weeks, they've needed wins and gotten those wins, and you can see the confidence rising with this football team. Look, when the Rams are good collectively, is when they can run the football, balance you up, and throw it out of the play pass, you know, all the things that we all talked about. Um, but what I liked last night was how well their defense played, and particularly with Aaron Donald setting the tone early on with that 
dominant pass rush at the beginning when he dominated the guard and, and really got out to Kyler Murray. I thought that set the tempo, set the tone uh, for the Rams. But when they're turning it over and then they're playing clean football and they're efficient offensively, they are a hard outfit to beat. When you when you look at the Rams, man, how do you feel about the chances of them? I, I don't want to say making it to the Super Bowl or I, I'll say it this way. How do you feel about their chances of advancing on a deep run in the NFC playoff picture? You know what? I, I, I feel confident about it. Now, they may have to go on the road key to get that done, but I think last night's win on the road versus a really good football team in the Arizona Cardinals, again, gives this football team some confidence. And they were, were, were without a lot of key players last night, Big B, Havenstein, Ramsey. Uh, guys like that that didn't play, and then those other players stepped up last night when needed, did their job, did it at a very high level. So, again, that provides depth, that provides confidence that, hey, if we do have to go on the road during the playoffs, and that may be the case, they have the confidence that they can do that, particularly if they can turn it over, they can get turnovers on defense, and then if they can play clean football. And I know that sounds cliche, but it is so true. You have to be able to protect the football and then you got to be able to take it away. And then more importantly, you got to be able to score points. And last night, I thought the Rams did all of those things in order to give themselves a chance to win. Again, a divisional opponent on the road. And we all know how good Arizona was playing offensively and defensively. I thought the Rams really set the tempo, really established the line of scrimmage. And it was a really physical football team led by Sonny Michel in the way he ran the ball. 20 rushes, I, don't, I think only. 76 yards, the yards don't matter. And, Keith, you know this, the yards don't matter. The fact that you have to honor and respect the run game, the physicality of the run game, really sets things up for them and what they want to do offensively. Seven-time Pro Bowler Torrey Holt joining us, former Rams wide receiver here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Torrey, I got to ask you, there's a lot of questions looming around Matthew Stafford, the fact that he had these chronic back issues going on. But last night, what a dominant performance by him. Yeah. Uh, what, what have your thoughts been about watching the progression of Stafford and Sean McVay's offense this season thus far? I've, I've loved it ever since. I've loved it from the, from the beginning of the season uh, to now. Even when he went through his struggles those, those three weeks where he was throwing those interceptions and those pick six, I still had a lot of confidence in Matthew Stafford. And you saw that last night when he has time and when guys are running open uh, during their job, he could deliver the football to anybody in any space. And he gives these wide receivers an opportunity to run after the catch, which is very important. He knows that we want, to, we want to get the ball in our hands while our legs are still moving and we can make plays after the catch. Matthew Stafford gives this football team a chance to do that. And he's really good at the line of scrimmage in terms of dissecting defenses and putting this football team in the correct place down after down after down. That's a tremendous challenge, but he makes it look easy at, some, he makes it look, look easy at times. And then with his versatility and his ability to stand back there in the pocket and deliver the ball, it gives Sean McVay so many options. He can go a little deeper in his playbook. And now with the emergence of Odell Beckham, and as he continues to get acclimated to the offense, and with his emergence, they're going to be able to do more. He plays the X right now. So it's easy to tag him if you want to because he can still run the, still the, still run the route tree. But as he gets more comfortable within this offense and start to run what they want to do, this football team, to me, can be really scary going down the stretch. One of the – go ahead, Key. 
big game. Tory Hope joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, T, is there – I mean, somebody told me this. I don't know where I got it from. Maybe it was my own brain thinking this way or who knows. But I've been watching the best receiver in Rams history in Cooper Cup lately. Um, how impressed are you with him? I'm very impressed with Cooper Cup. You know, I had an opportunity. I was in Los Angeles last week and had an opportunity to sit down with Cooper Cup about an hour and a half, and um, and it was, just came away very impressed with his with his knowledge of the game of football. Um, Keyshawn's very impressive to also go along with the with the skill sets that Cooper Cup possesses. He's so consistent, man. He's reliable. He's dependable. He's he's been this year's been very doable. Um, for this football team, and he just steps up every single week and makes plays. Not the fastest, fastest of guys, but he has enough juice in his tank uh, to get open. He's very savvy in regards to running routes. He catches the football with his hands away from his body, which allows him to contort and put himself in, in favorable situations uh, with his body control. Uh, he's six foot two, y'all. He's six foot two, two hundred ten pounds. Cooper Cup is not a small guy. See, some people think he's five ten, five eleven because he's a slot guy. He plays inside a lot, but he's six two, two hundred ten pounds. Very athletic. I think that's probably one of the more underrated parts of his game is his athleticism. And then again, just being consistent. He's there at practice every day. He's in the weight room. He's in the film room. Uh, he dissects. Uh, the game through the lens like like a quarterback does, which gives him a big-time advantage before the ball is even snapped. And, Keyshawn, you know this. When we can recognize defenses and what they're doing as a wide receiver, we know where our spot is on the football field. It makes it even easier. I shouldn't say easier, but it makes it very favorable for him to get open consistently because he knows what defenses are trying to do to stop him. A very, very, very talented wide receiver. He's one, As you said, he's one of the best – as we're seeing one of the best wide receivers uh, that we've had in Rams history. And, uh, and the season is not even over yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he finishes up down the stretch as well. See, you missed my joke. I didn't say one of the best. I, I said heard. the best. And you didn't even I fall heard. for it. <laughs> I, 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 didn't even, I, didn't, I didn't even acknowledge it because it's not even true. I yeah, know I that, but wondering. I knew it. So. Uh, Tori, I was wondering. I was like, oh, hold up. Does he agree? <laughs> Maybe Tori nah. agrees. Big big play. No, I nah. was BSing. Uh, what? Go ahead. No, it, no, no, I just, I, I, I didn't even, again, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even bug, man. He's good. He's good. But he ain't, he's not on myself and I just love him. He's coming, though. Well, that was, that was quite a combination of receivers, of course. Now with turf. Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and Odell. By the way, Robert Woods still on the roster when he gets healthy. They got a nice yep. receiving core right now for Matthew Stafford. Yep. No excuses on this team this year. So uh, Torrey Holt is nicknamed Big Game. It's only fitting that Big Game kicks off the festivities ahead of the Big Game. Super, the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Torrey is here to help the Super Bowl experience, the NFL's interactive football theme park. Tell us more about it. Oh, man, the Super Bowl 56 experience in Los Angeles is going to be crazy. The convention center downtown, as you all know, is like huge space. And it's going to be uh, – they're going to need it for all that, that's going to be happening in that Super Bowl experience. The Super Bowl experience is presented by Lowe's. It provides an opportunity for fans to collect autographs uh, from NFL players and legends. Um, players, uh, fans can get autographs from, from players. The Vince Lombardi trophy will be, will be in the building. Interactive games. 
uh, sponsors and giveaways, uh, youth football clinics, and there will also be an NFL shop presented by Aziza that will also be in the building. It is, it is something that you do not want to miss. And what I love about it, fellas, if you have family, young ones from ages 6 to 18 or 6 to 14, whatever the case may be, you can go down to Super Bowl Experience as a family, and you will be there the entire day uh, having a good time, enjoying all things football. And then you'll also see some of your favorite players, some of your favorite legends in and out of the building as well. So Super Bowl 56 experience, you do not want to miss. Tickets for this year's event start at $20, and kids 12 and under can attend free every single day. Tickets go on sale today. You do not want to miss Super Bowl experience, Super Bowl 56 experience in Los Angeles. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There he is, the second best receiver in Rams history. According- oh no, sorry, sorry. No, I just, I just thought you agree. Okay. don't start that mess, man. Man, you know, hey, you know, I, I got your helmet. For, so I'm, come on now, you know, I know better. I all know. Right. I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate you too, Keisha. I appreciate all the kind words you've been saying about me, bro. Yes, sir. Thank all you, right, Tory. Tory Holt, the great Tory Holt. All right, well, I Max. All right, baby. All right, we teased you early. Legend right there, man. Take the Field is coming up next, including our first odds-on favorite for MVP of the season. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Everyone is hype on that guy. Beats the buzzer with a three. Is it a touchdown? Yes! Well hit towards the corner. God! Are you or are you with the field? We're actually going to play Take the Field this time here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Evan, what you got? So Tom Brady's now the odds-on favorite, minus 180 now. It's moved uh, at Caesars, minus 180 to win MVP. Tom Brady or the field to win MVP, guys? Go ahead, Key. Um, I'm going to take Tom Brady. I, I just I feel like they're they going to give it to him. He's going to 
create these numbers that we've never seen before. Obviously, we haven't seen the 17-game season, so he's going to do some things. But his age is going to factor into it. The fact that he is Tom Brady, all of those sort of things is going to play a part. Although Aaron Rodgers is right on his heels. Right on his heels, Aaron Rodgers is. So this has become a two-player uh, race, I would say. Everybody else is pushed aside. I would say, I say yesterday, I think Tom Brady wins it because of the narrative that follows Tom. I mean, Aaron will be there when it's all said and done, but I mean, 44 years old, the passing attempts, what he's been able to do this year, I, it's Tom Brady's to lose at this point. And they have a favorable schedule down the street. Yeah, I'm taking Tom Brady because the main competition comes from Aaron Rodgers, who was not ready for the season. That's one loss. And then missed a game that's two plus misled people about being vaccinated. Too much negative stuff. They'll give it to Brady. And in addition, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray were, you know, have also missed. So Brady's the last man standing. You know who I, I think Justin Herbert should be right there. He has zero support in that respect. So Brady's going to get it. Miles Garrett, Mark, Micah Parsons are now tied for the best odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. Parsons would be the first rookie since LT to win Defensive Player of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, Micah Parsons or the field to win Defensive Player of the Year, Key? I take Micah Parsons. And the reason I'm doing this is because he is a – Miles Garrett's having a great year. There's no question about it. But is Miles Garrett do, – do we view Miles Garrett as a defensive – Finding guy that can take this team on his back to the Super Bowl. We s- kind of smell that in Micah Parsons. That, that This is why this conversation has come up over the last couple weeks about him. Miles Garrett has been doing this all year long, but we aren't talking about Miles Garrett. One, his team isn't playing good football. Two, he's not doing shocking type things. And, and I, I just think it's Parsons. I think it's Parsons. Key, when was the last time the Cowboys had a great defensive player like this? Uh, I would say DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus yeah. Ware was, okay. I don't know, eight years, nine years ago. Nine How years long? Ago? DeMar- Ten years ago? Yeah. It's been a while flying, since right? DeMarcus played for him, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to compete when you're on America's team and we talk about you each and every day. And when you start comparing to names like LT, it's Miles um, Garrett's having one hell of a year. It's just markets are different, man, and it carries weight. Yeah, I would take the field. I do think probably Parsons wins, but Garrett is not the only other defender. And and I think Garrett is close enough to Parsons that I, I think the field is more likely to get defensive player of the year. All right. Urban Meyer or the Uh-oh. field to coach the Jaguars next season? Urban Meyer or the field? Key. What? The field. I think the field will be coaching the Jaguars next season. Look, the, the, the noise is getting loud. And you know how this thing goes. You got Shaq Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, saying that, hey, he needs to take a step back, reevaluate the situation, talk to people outside of the Jaguars organization to get a feel, all these sort of things. That means that he's going to be talking to other owners and other general managers and other people that are retired from the NFL who think they know, and they're going to tell him, hey, man, if I'm you, I'm going to move on because it's an embarrassment to your organization. He's already fired four other coaches in 10 years, four other coaches in 10 years, and countless executives along the way. Days are numbered. How much do I owe you? Bye-bye. I'm going with Urban Meyer in this one. If I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going to Shah Khan. I'm saying, hey, listen, obviously people want me out of here. I've made some mistakes. 
but and I have to do things sharper, but I have to change the culture here. And some of the people that don't want to win or don't know what it takes to win, I have to weed them out. So, look, I understand results aren't where you or I would love for them to be right now. It's my first year in a job. Give me next year. If I can't turn things around by next year, then I'll happily leave on my own regard. Uh, I would have said um, Urban Meyer because I like him to be fired at the end of next year. (laughs) But, Evan, I don't remember if it was you or Mike T. Someone made the point. Like, what are the odds that this dude stays on the street and narrow? Dan Graziano said Dan it. Graziano. It was Dan. Dan convinced me. I'm like, yeah, they'll be the next thing. And Shad Khan will be like, dude, come on. And that'll be that. I'll take the field. Four weeks? He can't stay straight for four weeks? Uh, that, yeah. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> Has yeah. he? Has he? That's that guy. It's like the guy that you, like I said before, it's that one guy, Evan. you like, him again? <laughs> yep. Yep. Aaron Rodgers or the field to be the quarterback of the Packers next year. Take the field, key. Um, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers because I think right now today at 9.53 that he's going to win the Super Bowl in Green Bay, and he's going to stay. That's today at 9.53. Tomorrow at 9.55 it might be different depending on what he says about his toe. I'm gonna go with toe. I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. I think things are starting to trend towards the fact about how this organization has collaborated with him, how they handled the COVID situation, how he's playing, uh, how Brian Gutekunst has actually helped him with the offensive line, some of the pieces, and retooling the defense. I, I think a lot is trending in the positive direction for the Packers. Yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers over the field there. I think the dark horse to to go get him is San Francisco. I don't see where else he would want to go. Where would he want to go? That's better than Green Bay Giants. at this point. Other obvious, other uh, other than the Giants, him. obviously. Don't do that to him. Please, 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 Jets. Jeez. All right, First that's take, take the field. That this has been Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We are back tomorrow morning, six a.m. Eastern. First take with me. Greeny yeah. is up right now on ESPN Radio. Perf. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.